Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices that we take for granted are out of date, illogical, or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room, and I'm here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a couple of F-bombs thrown in for good measure. Pilates Elephants is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher who really fucking knows your stuff. Welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. One of the things that I'm really excited about at the moment is the proliferation of ways that Pilates instructors can make a great living. Uh, And so this has been accelerated drastically by COVID. It's no longer the case that you need to go get a job in someone else's studio, or that's still certainly something you can do. There are 101 ways to make a living, and a lot of those ways uh, involve just setting up your own thing online or offline. And uh, we've been, I've talked with, you know, some very, some people who've got very interesting business models that they've created in our sector. And today I have with me Ruth, who uh, has done just that. And so uh, Ruth, welcome. Thank you, Rav. And thank you for indulging me with the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Intro music. It was so fun. Um, So happy to be here. So, um, yeah. So tell us, tell us who you are and whatever you want to share about yourself. Absolutely. So first of all, I'm a huge Pilates Elephants fan. I think I started listening in 2020 when it first came out and I've just loved it ever since. It's, I, I believe it's changed my career and made me a much better teacher. So my name is Ruth. I live in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from the East Coast and I have a dog named Valentino, a cat named Frida. I live with my partner and I decided to start my own Pilates business. <laughs> Okay. And uh, are you comfortable sharing how old you are? Absolutely. I just turned 30. Happy birthday. Thank you. This is the best gift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I want to get to, so your your business is an online on-demand uh, Pilates studio, I guess, Pilates classes. Yes. Um, and you're, you very recently have set that up. So you're like still in the, you know, really early stages of running that business. Is that correct? That's correct. It's been in the works for a while, and I've always dreamed of doing something like this since probably 2018, like even pre-pandemic. But yes, I definitely feel like I'm in the early stages. <laughs> okay, so um, so talk us through. So I want to get you know I want to you know what I want uh, to get to in this episode is uh, you know one I want um, like I said in the intro I want to share with all the listeners that there are so many you know, exciting and, you know, really new and creative ways that we as Pilates professionals can uh, make a great living. And a lot of those ways are 100% within our own control. Um, and, you know, a lot of those are in the online space, although not all of them. Uh, and so I, so I want to sort of, you know, shine a light on this really nice little business model that you've created. Uh, and also the second thing is I want people to just to get like I want to do a how-to guide right so if you want to set a business up like you are Ruth like yeah 
what are the what lights do I need to buy? What microphone? Um, how much does it cost to book Zoom? How, how much should I charge? How do I publicize my? You know, how do I get clients from? <laughs> all of all of that stuff. Love so it. just the the, the nitty gritty, um, and we're going to share numbers. And you know, um, also I want to know, um, and I'm sure our listeners want to know. Like, what are some of the shit things about running your own <laughs> online business? What are the, some of the things that wake you up at three o'clock in the morning going, oh, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I want to get to that. But first, can you uh, tell us, tell me about, uh, you, you know, your journey to doing this? So you said, like, you've been thinking about it since 2018. So that's like four years ago now. So, um, you know, so what were you doing, you know, professionally at, and and how did you you know come to you know what were the, some of the barriers for you to 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 sort of take that leap and and how did you come to eventually do it okay awesome so like many pilates instructors i i was a dancer i still consider myself a dancer even though i um don't perform and I don't make money from dance anymore. And Raph, I appreciate your dance love for dance. I know that you love dance too. So love that. I love um, dance. Yeah. I can't dance to save my life, but I love, I love dance. Oh, that's so cool to hear. I was at a dinner the other night and someone was like, I just found out that dance is like this incredible art form. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. But I think people are starting to pick up a little bit more on dance. Um, so I began as a dancer, an injured dancer, like most of us, walked into a Pilates, Matt Pilates class at Jacob's Pillow in Massachusetts. I grew up in Lenox. And wow. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. There's been all these things throughout my life that I feel like are just these weird coincidences that keep telling me I'm on the right path with Pilates. Um, but I walked into the studio in Jacob's Pillow and took this weird class thinking it would be so easy. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And everyone knew what was going on except me. And I felt so confused and lost. But when I left the studio, I had this crazy feeling that I was going to be pain-free and I was going to improve my injury, which is a non-union stress fracture in my foot. So for some reason I had this hope and I just kind of clung on to that. Um, I moved to LA from New York thinking I was going to do commercial dance, was having a great time. Injury came back, got a little bit worse, chronic pain, went to a reformer studio. So first time doing reformer Pilates and was again, completely confused and lost. <laughs> but I, I was, I had a, again, a weird feeling that I could do this. What the teacher was doing, I saw myself in that role. I just imagined it and it felt very real to me. Um, and I decided to pursue it. So I just went to a few studios to see if anyone would train me. You know, similar to Adam Mikati, who I heard on your podcast, when I started my training program, I had very little Pilates experience. I just loved it and felt like I would be good at it, essentially. Um, so I started and I, and I got trained with a very classical studio, which I did not even know what that meant. I had no idea. And I was performing with a choreographer named Louise Reichlin who was like, oh, you're studying Pilates. I think I have something you might think is cool. So I go to her house and she has one of Joe's reformers that he made. It's like number seven. And it was this crazy piece of apparatus with the claw feet and these curved shoulder blocks. And it was so cool. And she showed me all this film. Um, so my love for Pilates just got deeper and deeper. And I uh, eventually I just kind of fell in love with 
Pilates more than dance. I mean, that was just the reality of it. I wasn't getting as much out of dance as I used to. And instead, my cup was being filled with Pilates. I, I felt so good from the feedback I was getting from clients. It filled me up every day. I felt like I was being of service, which just felt awesome. And I just fell in love. And a little side piece about recording and filming on demand. I have a whole other Instagram where I was doing dance, like short dance videos before the whole TikTok craziness. Um, but I was used to filming myself and I really enjoyed recording myself and, and looking back and like kind of learning from it. So that was sort of natural to me. And I was, I was also doing some YouTube Mac Pilates classes for free. And I was loving like certain, you know, I got inspired by so many people. I mean, even Jane Fonda, like back in the day, and then like these studios popping up Pilates by Amanda, the Pilates class, Ashley DeLeon, like tons of like these solo entrepreneurs that I just looked up to so much. And I was like, again, I could see myself in that role and I just wanted it so bad. Um, And I just got very lucky that when the pandemic happened and all the studios shut down, at the time I was teaching group classes, tons. I was teaching a lot of uh, privates as well. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I was really like completely exhausted and not happy, <laughs> but I was making yeah, a lot of money. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, sorry to uh-huh. interrupt, but so you, you said you were teaching a lot of classes and privates and this yep. was in someone else's studio, right? This wasn't doing Yes. Anything. I was running around. I was teaching at Equinox. I was teaching at a boutique studio. I was teaching at a, a really old school Pilates studio as well. And Um, I was just trying to make as much money as possible and just trying to survive in LA driving around just, and I, and I was again, getting some chronic pain coming back. My shoulders always felt tight. My foot was kind of hurting at times. And I was like, I still couldn't break this like hamster wheel that I was on. That was just like hustle, hustle, hustle. It like comes from the dance dancer in me, I think. Ah, yeah. Yeah, and I was doing um, an insane I mean, I, I don't know what that's like, but I've seen 42nd Street, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll wrap you the best. <laughs> so, so, all right, so can you just give me an insight? Um, uh, so what can one make mm. when one runs around like a headless chicken in LA, <laughs> you know, teaching classes from dawn till dusk at different studios? Like how much money were you making at this point? Just For give sure. me a rough, yeah. rough number. I believe I was making like 75000 a year. But I was teaching six days a week. I was driving for I my commute home sometimes from the west side would be like oh, up to two hours. I mean, it was insane. Wow. Then okay. I would get up and go back to work at 6 a.m. So you can, you know, you can make so much money doing that. And that's an important thing to know, too. Like if you want to make a lot of money in Pilates, group classes, privates is awesome. It's a great route. Um and it was a great way to get some savings going too. So I could kind of launch this little dream business that I had in mind. <laughs> right. All right. And so that, you know, that phase of your life was characterized by really just hustle. And mm, yeah. um, you were kind of doing Pilates like you'd done dance, right? That was you yeah. just kind of, yeah. Um, totally. And and there's nothing wrong with hustle. I mean, I think hustle is a, a necessary ingredient in success. Oh, yeah. Um, I got yeah, so much so. experience and worked with so many different people, got so many mentors, and I, I'm always trying to learn still, of course, and I learned so, so much from that time. So, Yeah, and what strikes me also is you worked at such a diverse range of places, like not just geographically, but, you know, sort of like more classical places, more contemporary places, more fitness places, equinox, you know, so equinox is more classical as I understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you're hustling, you're teaching six days a week, you know, commuting two hours um, across <laughs> LA, um, yes. which uh, sounds <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm completely exhausted. I have, you know, almost no time for myself and even my own fitness routine. It's a big part of this for me too. I actually was not working out at all. And I wonder if any other teachers <laughs> fell into that trap as well. Um, it was very rare for me. Sometimes I could take like one class a week or something like that. Um, and I was just so consumed in helping others and like making my group classes super fun, um, and trying to just focus on others. So I had no fitness routine, which was really bad for me. (laughs) I was in a lot of pain. I know a lot of people know what it's like when you start working out again, how different, um, you can feel and how amazing it is. So man, that was a huge part of it too. Just getting back into my own fitness routine and really honoring that was life-changing. So, and, and I know like, I mean, this is an industry, you know, we're an industry of people who like to help, you know, who are beyond like we, we you know, we're drawn (laughs) to help. And so we, you know, I think almost all of us err on the side of putting other people's needs ahead of our own. And so it's very easy to fall into that you know, saying yes to that one extra session. Oh my God, 1000%. Yeah, I'll miss out on my workout today. And then today becomes every week and every week becomes months in a row. And you're like, shit, I haven't been on a reformer in three months. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then you're... Except this Pilates one, teacher, one, yeah. Except doing one re- one repetition of snake to dance <laughs> on one side, yeah, yeah, only on my good side, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So I, I imagine a lot of people listening can identify. So mm-hmm. so all right. And this whole time, you've kind of had this, you know, this kind of kernel of a dream, you know, of like, okay, you want to start your own online totally. uh, thing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, why didn't you? What held you back from doing it? Number one thing that always holds us back goes fear, for sure. I just didn't know if I was good enough. I didn't know if I had enough experience. I didn't know if I had the demand. Um, yeah. And I definitely I didn't have the know-how, the know-how, the technical knowledge. I definitely didn't have that either. <laughs> and uh, and what have you learned about, uh, about that now? Not about mm. the technical knowledge, but about like, you know, yeah. Okay. If, if if for someone out there who's in that situation that you were in, yes. you know, maybe they're hustling and, and they want to do their own thing, but they think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm but a worm, you know, I'm I'm too young in Pilates years, Aww. I don't have enough experience, yes. I don't have yes. this, I don't have that, you know, what would you say to that person? Well, first I'd love to say that I started my program in 2017, but I was only certified fully in comprehensive classical in 2019. So you know, I'm a very new teacher. I feel very young still. Um, so if you're having that fear, it's absolutely possible. You can start this at any time. I could have started this in 2020. Absolutely. Um, and I would say too, to walk through fear. That's huge for me. Anytime, like even doing something like this is so scary for me and very, um, you know, it's, it makes me nervous, but I show up and I just say like, let's think of something positive that can happen from this walk through fear and I try to do something every day that scares me just a little bit and that's how I just keep getting a little bit better tiny steps yeah I'm with you I think um something I I believe to be true is that uh you don't overcome fear by procrastinating and preparing more you overcome (laughs) fear by doing the thing you're afraid of oh so true and I love that term you used 
the other day, messy actions. Like that's yeah. exactly what I've done. <laughs> Very messy, right. and, lots of action. <laughs> right. And, and that, I mean, that's the way anybody who's successful you know, starts be, and most of us, that's the way we continue is because, you know, if you're, if you're out there thinking like, oh, I don't have any experience at running a business, I don't know how to sell, I don't know how to take video, <laughs> I don't know how to do this or that or the other. It's like, well, how do you think you learn how to do those things? By doing them. You know, yeah. how do you learn how to do the hundred? By doing a hundred. You know, mm. like yep. <laughs> you, you can't get good at the hundred before you do the hundred. Like that's how you get good at the hundred. Oh and that's the same with building Just a business. You get good it. at selling by selling. You get good at filming by filming and oh, you get good so at getting true. clients by getting clients. And it's actually shocking like how um, imperfect you can be. And just as an example, when I, when the studios first shut down, luckily I had a little stu- and a second bedroom in my house that I was using as a dance studio at the time. Um, you know, my partner was kind enough to kind of let me have that arrangement at our apartment and I was like, oh, I guess this is a Pilates studio now. <laughs> you know, started yeah. making it into a Pilates studio. And someone asked me, hey, can you make me a video? I think I charged like 45 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just reform, I'll film a video, put it on YouTube unlisted and send it to them. And this person still does that workout. And it wow. is so like, to me, it's cringe. I listen to it. I'm like, oh my God, my voice, because I was so used to teaching group classes with no microphone. My voice was actually really pretty damaged. And I was like, really straining my voice. <laughs> I just listened to it and I cringe. And this person has been with me ever since. And like, even though I've made all these leaps and bounds, like she still just loves that workout. So yeah, it can, it does not have to be perfect <laughs> at all. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, when Chloe and I first started this podcast, it was we didn't have any of the fancy equipment. It was literally just us on a phone call, recording mm-hmm. a phone call, you know, through earbuds <laughs> and all the rest of it. And that's when and I when got I, into it. Yeah, right. And when I listen back to a lot of those early episodes, I cringe at the sound and the, all of that <laughs> stuff. But it's like it that didn't stop it from being successful. And I hundred percent agree <sighs> um, that when you are in business, that you're going to get almost everything wrong almost all the time. But the thing is, it's amazing how much you can get wrong and still succeed. Oh my gosh, totally, 1,000%. So, all right, so you've got this kernel of, you know, now I guess it's a a strong, you know, desire inside you to start your own thing. Yeah. Fear, stop, you know, fear is holding you back. How did you, how did you move past that? What, what, how did you, you know, how did you start? So the first thing I did was like a lot of teachers, I started doing some live classes after I sent out, you know, a few like permanent kind of videos to a few loyal fans, like loyal clients of mine. And, um, I was doing the live classes and to be honest, I hated it. I really did not like doing live group classes at all. Did not feel right to me for some reason. It was kind of stressful. Didn't, it didn't give me the feelings that I felt like other teachers were getting from it. And I could have been totally off, but I did it. You know, I was doing these live classes and I was trying to show up as my best self every day. But, you know, as we all know, we have different days where we feel differently. And you had that incredible post about, you know, kind of cycle syncing. And I really do try to practice that in my life. And I kind of decided it makes a lot more sense for me to, film a more intense workout when I'm feeling like it and film a more chill workout when I'm feeling like it. And then I was like, if I just do that, 
I can then arrange these videos into weekly schedules or, or recommend them to people based on how they're feeling. And I recorded it when I felt that way. You know what I mean? So I was very based on my energy. Um, and that was kind of the first little kind of kernel of an idea to film. Huh. And so, all right. So by cycle syncing, you mean uh, syncing the intensity of your workout with the menstrual, with the phase of the menstrual cycle? Yeah. 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 Like during my ovulation, I can do kick-ass cardio workouts First half of luteal, great as well. Second half of luteal phase, I want to chill. I want slow, controlled yeah. movements, and yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah, and there's there's pretty pretty you know, I would say intriguing evidence. I wouldn't say it's overwhelming yet, but there's there's a fairly solid body of evidence showing that there's yes. a significant advantage to for women training. Uh, in sync with the menstrual cycle. So yeah, oh, I think that's, I, it's, it rings true for me. And I felt like that was a real kind of hole, I guess, or a problem that I wanted to solve, which is that sometimes I would be teaching a group class that didn't feel um, like it was honoring how I felt in that moment, but it might've been what the class wanted. Privates, completely different story. When I show up to a private and my private group is really small, like the people that I work with privately, we always honor how we feel that day and, and I can adjust it for them. But mm -hmm. in a group setting, it's really impossible because you have, you know, Susie over here, who's like, you know, all the variety of things that come into a group class. So I just was not liking the live class format and I really mm -hmm. wanted to get out of it. And I kind of had a couple people um, doing a hybrid of on-demand and live class. And I was like so scared, Raph, to make this decision to stop doing live because I thought, you know, people are going to cancel their membership if they don't have live classes. That's what's in my mind. But I'm like, that's, it's just not feeling right to me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, so then I just switched to purely on-demand. Um, at that time, I was also dealing with a, um, a tough relationship with the web builders that I was using. The first company that I decided to go with was unfortunately just not kind of providing the service that I was expecting or hoping for. And I was spending a lot of money I'm trying to remember what it cost a month. I think it was like close to $500 a month for them to host my website. And, and, um, I was still individually uploading videos to Vimeo and then in embedding the links into the page. And it was very time intensive and it felt very um, like old school. Like it didn't feel new or modern at all. Um, and I was going through a thing with them where I would do launches and they would kind of mess up my launch schedule because they would be behind on things. And it was, it was very stressful. So there, I had a huge struggle with that. And if anyone is dealing with that, I would say at the first sign that you're not getting the service that you're hoping for, just talk to another, <laughs> talk to some other yeah. companies because yeah. there's a lot of great options out there. Um, there are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to get into the specifics of the platform in a bit, but first yeah. I want to backtrack just a couple of steps mm -hmm. and uh, I want to double click on this transition you made from, um, you know, from teaching for other people running around across yes. town yes. Um, to you know, to uh, to sending out a couple of you know unlisted YouTube videos uh, to you know to client presumably to your you know personal clients or, or whatever, yeah. um, and and then how do you transition into a paid platform where you're you have clients attending live online classes? Like basically, what I'm interested in is how did you how did you actually get clients? Because when you're working in all those studios etc., like you don't 
you know, technically you don't actually have any of your own clients. So right. how did you, you know, did you DM people? Did you, you like, did you advertise on social media? Did you, uh, you know, like how did it's you a really good get question. first, how did you get your first clients, you know, yeah. in that? Yeah. I mean, this is like pretty, you know, I, the, the way I got into it is kind of like specific, but maybe someone can relate to this. I was a 1099 at the studio I worked at. I was teaching a lot of privates and a lot of group what's, classes. What's a 1099 for those of us outside the US? Of course. So I was an independent contractor. You know, I actually did, you know, consider my private clients to be, you know, my clients, not my group classes. Um, and you know, they felt the same way. Um, I didn't accept the money for them. Right. I, they would pay the studio and then I would take a cut of, um, at the time, which was a really great deal just to give you guys an idea. The studio I was working at was giving me 60% (laughs) of privates and uh, she was taking 40. So it was a pretty, it was a nice arrangement. Um, so then everything shuts down and I'm, kind of begging for work at this point. I'm asking my boss, please, 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 or the studio owner, can I teach online? Can I help you out? At the time she was teaching some live classes um, and she was just doing them on her own. And she kind of kept telling me, yes, yes, we'll get you teaching live. I'm just not ready yet. Um, And I was holding out. And at one point she told me, you know what, Ruth, if you want to, uh, you can reach out to your group classes. You can reach out to your clients and see if they're interested because I can't provide you the work right now. I mean, she was just very straightforward like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried as to do it in, you know, the most like non, uh, you know, the best way I could, which was just to reach out to people who I felt like really fit my energy, my class vibes, uh, people who I really wanted to continue working with and just tell them about this option that I had for them. And some people did not, and some people did. Um, so I would say the first few classes were absolutely people from studios that I had worked with 100% on live. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you, you reached out to those people individually and was that by text, DM, on social media, email? Gosh, um, oh, I think it was just by email. And to tell you the truth, quite a few people had reached out to me over DM. And I think we just kind of um, sorted it over Instagram DMs. Um, yeah. Because right, so a, a lot of clients would have been, you know, thrown out of the yes, class and going, oh crap, exactly. I need somewhere to exercise. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it was really hard. Like um, that was a big struggle too, trying to kind of keep my relationship with my boss, who I also saw as my mentor, um, but also feeling like I couldn't, I, my hands were tied. I felt like I could do nothing, you know, and I didn't have any classes. I was just, my hands were tied. And I think at a certain point she realized that, um, I needed some kind of option to continue making income of some kind. Um, and she was kind enough to give me that permission. So that was really nice. Yeah, that was very generous of her. Um, All right. And so you reached out to these people and what did you say to them? Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember. So it's like, because at this point you don't have any online platform or anything. So no. Yeah. Like, what did did you say? Great question. So I think at first, because I had had people ask me for um, a recorded video, I recorded a 30 minute mat class and I just started asking people if they were interested. Hey, I have this 30 minute workout. Uh, I think you might enjoy it. Would you be interested? 
And, you know, some people said yes. So that was kind of how it started. And I, then people were asking for live classes. Like they were actually asking me for that. And because it was something I really didn't want to do for some reason. Uh, But I kind of agreed to it. So, and then I think from that point, I was sending out a, um, a schedule. I was like doing a weekly email to my email list. Hey, these are the classes this week. If you want to come in, this is my Venmo. I mean, it was like very, very basic. Here's the Zoom link. It was, you know. Right. And Venmo is <laughs> where people can just like give you money basically yep. using their phone. Mm-hmm. And PayPal, yep. I accepted PayPal. I accepted even checks in the mail and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and at this, how did you choose, how did you, how much did you charge per life mm. class and how did you arrive at that price? Gosh, I think I charged 20 bucks. Um, and I believe uh, that number just felt right to me and it seemed on par with what other teachers were charging. Huh. My perception is a lot of people were charging a quarter of that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. That's really so, interesting. So uh, if you're listening to this and... <laughs> you were out there charging more or less or the same for an online class, like reach out hey. to me on social media. Let me know what you charge. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right. And so, all right. So how many clients did you get coming along to these live sessions roughly? Gosh, it was not big groups. I think like at the most I would have like six, seven. I mean, my very first class was pretty huge. Like there was one class that was really big because I think it was just people trying to show support. Um, and that was like super exciting. And then as time goes on, it was like, you know, people going back to their life and wanting to go work out in a studio and things like that got smaller Uh, in the end. It was like, yeah, like maybe five people and yeah, small. Okay. And so, all right. So, so you transitioned to there, you're now teaching live online classes. It's not, you know, you're not enjoying it. Uh, (laughs) you wanted to make this transition to on demand classes, so, okay. and that was a big scary thing for you. And I understand why, because <laughs> your clients had signed up for one thing and now you're saying, actually, I'm not going to sell you that anymore. I'm going to sell you this other thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so how did you communicate that? Like, what did you say to them? And presumably you e- emailed or whatever them individually, yep. but what did, what did you, or, you know, collectively, but what did you, what did you say to them? And like, how did you frame that as like, Hey, here's a great new thing. That's not the yeah. thing you originally signed up for. <laughs> You know what I did, which was actually kind of um, good advice from the first company I was using, is I did a launch, like an on-demand studio launch with my new website. I invited all of my clients to come, and it was a Zoom party, you know, and I give them kind of a tour of the website when it launched. I had quite a few videos, which were simply Zoom recordings um, pasted in with, you know, the beginning and the end chopped off, and that was it. So, um, that was kind of how I tried to build some like interest. And then I reached out to people who were, you know, still paying for live classes and I let them know I'm moving into this new model. I kind of left the door open. Like, you know, if I do decide to do live classes, I will definitely let you know. Um, but for the mean, for the time being, I'm just focusing on this. And so you sent them, basically, it sounds like you had, you know, the mindset that they may or may not, you know, follow Mm -hmm. you across and you were okay Mm -hmm. either way. Yep. I mean, it was definitely scary. It was one of those moments like, oh, I just don't know what they're going to think. And yeah, that was hard. 
That was one of and, those walkthrough fear moments. Mm-hmm. And how many, you know, of those clients, like, you know, roughly what percentage of those clients trans- translated, yeah, stayed with you? 95%. Maj- wow. Majority, yep. Yep. Okay, so I'd like to really highlight this if I could get out a big, you know, fluorescent yellow highlighter <laughs> and, and highlight it, I would. Um, for for those of you listening to this, because so many people, uh, and I've, you know, I've had this experience in the past as well, when you're thinking about, say, putting your prices up, you know, $2 or, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, changing a class from, you know, 5 p.m. to 5.15 p.m. or, you know, whatever it might be, and you're like, oh, no, I'll lose all my clients, you know, they'll mm-hmm. hate me. And it's like, Ruth, you changed from completely live <laughs> to completely pre-recorded. Yes, yes. And you lost 5% of your clients. It was like, yeah. And to be honest with you, even one of the people who said, oh, I really only like the live classes, she recently just joined my membership and is loving it. So you can always reach out to those people again because they obviously like your workouts. They like you. They just think that they think they know what's best for their, for them. Right. And you have this idea that you think is much better and you can absolutely reach out again and just see what happens. I've had a lot of success with that too. And, and I, I mean, I don't know if you had anything here, but you know, in my experience running a studio, anytime you change anything, like if we, you know, if we put our prices up, there'd be one or two people that would vocally, you know, complain Mm. about it. (laughs) But also if we, like if we added an extra class to the timetable, hey guys, here's an extra class. And there would be one or two people uh, who would vocally complain. Oh, oh, why did you put on a beginner's class? Why didn't you put on a blah 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 class? You know, or if we, you know, like the, people complain anytime you change something. In yes. my experience, yes, they do. And you know, but then pretty soon they get over it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think people genuinely just want to feel valued and that you care about them. So it's like the approach of how you do it is important. If you say, hey, I'm sick of doing this and I don't really care about you. Not that anyone would say that, right? But you can kind of come across that way in your energy sometimes depending how you frame things. So that's really important. I've learned like as far as doing on demand, I still keep a really solid communication with my clients and members um, and make sure they know that I care about them, that they're valued, and that makes a huge difference. Right. And so, uh, you know, what did you say uh, roughly in that communication? Yeah. It's just like, hey, look, I mean, I'm not feeling congruent with what I'm doing, you know, and I'd feel like I could serve you, you know, better doing even, this other way. Yeah, I don't even think I got too um, specific even in that way. I think I just said at this time I, I want to focus on my on-demand membership it's, you know, it's cheaper. I was going to, I was going to cut their price, their rate because I wasn't doing live anymore. Um, so, you know, I can either adjust your membership like to this level and you can try it out. I, you can try it free if you want seven day four I do a 14 day free trial, which I have had a lot. I really like the 14 day free trial as a little side note. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just, just pretty simple, clear, hmm. simple. Here's another opportunity. That's Okay, great, awesome. So, all right, so you've transitioned to your on-demand platform. So, mm-hmm. I, I think now I want to, I want to, you know, sort of demarcate this next part of the of the conversation about okay, okay. this is the how do you run and on well, number one, <laughs> like how you doing, yeah, um, and number two, like how do you, you know, how do how do I build, how do I go about building a, a an on-demand platform? Yes, so, firstly, I'm so excited. Can, <laughs> yeah, can you can you just share, you know, for context for people listening? Yeah, it's like um, you know. 
what what kind of numbers are you doing? You know, how, how, much, how many clients do you have? How much money do you make from those clients on an average month? Absolutely. So I was thinking about this call and I realized that my business is sort of in three parts and it's kind of a pyramid, like an upside down funnel. I know sometimes in sales, you're trying to get people to the narrowest part of your funnel and my funnel goes the other way. So at the top, my most expensive offering is my privates. And um, that I'm really, really, I'm pretty precious about that time. And I do six hours a week on average. I kind of went through and, and tried to average how many hours a week I work. Um, is this online or where do, where do you do private? So it is 50% online, 50% at my home studio. I have a reformer um, in my studio that kind of folds away when I'm filming mm-hmm. my mat classes. So I'd say it's half and half. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's my highest ticket price. There's sort of a range depending how many, how many sessions someone buys, but averaging about 75, $80 a session. Mm-hmm. And that's the same price across the board, whether it's online or out on my reformer. Mm-hmm. So that's the smallest part of my pyramid. The second one is my group classes. I teach at a studio that is walking distance which was huge for me coming from a crazy commute. Um, and I have very strong boundaries at that studio. I, you know, I don't pick up classes that are at times that I have decided are for me. I work six hours a week there. So twice a week I do three hours and I can tell you that that part of the pyramid really does push people down into the the biggest part of the pyramid, which is my on-demand membership and the cheapest part, right? So group classes with me cost a little bit more. And then my on-demand membership is the most affordable. Right. And, and so with yeah. the group classes, are you you're again, I'm assuming they're 1099, so you're you're contracting. So those are your clients in the group classes? So I am an employee at that studio. So that means I do not mention anything except here's my Instagram. That's it. (laughs) And then if, if clients decide they can see from my stories that they're interested, then they can, they will pick it up. But I'm very like strict there that I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not advertising. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And And you really don't have to, like, you really don't have to, when people want something they wanted, you know, and if they don't, they don't. Most people, you know, come to that studio for reformer classes and I don't offer group reformer classes anywhere else. So um, that's kind of the middle part. And then, yeah, the bottom being my on-demand membership and kind of where I would love ideally all of my clients to be, you know, majority of my private clients have a membership and then the group classes kind of gets my face out there and gets people letting their, their friends know and their relatives and Hey, she, this is my teacher and, and she does these on demand. You should try her class. And that's kind of the way my business works. And then to break down exactly what I make from each section, I was averaging it out. So from my group reformer classes, it is 325 a week, 1300 a month. And it's very low stress. I just go in, I leave, I'm an employee. It's very simple, right? That's a really easy part of my job and I have fun with that one. So that's about $55 an hour roughly. Yep, exactly. Is that, do you get paid, is there some kind of uh, incentive 
as part of that or is that a flat rate? Mm, okay, very good question. So my rate is actually $50. It just comes to a little bit higher because I come a little bit early and then you get, you know, you get minimum wage when you come in and when you leave. Um, mm. So, you know, the setup and the cleanup is included yeah. there. I negotiated my rate to be $50 an hour. It was not what the studio wanted to offer me. And um, it took me six weeks <laughs> to get up to that rate. I wanted a flat rate. I did not want um, an incentive structure. It just wasn't something I was interested in. I wanted to know what I was making so I could budget my life a little bit easier. Um, and yeah. how did you negotiate that? Like, what did you, mm. you know, <laughs> what did you say to them that resulted in them saying, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Literally, no. <laughs> that was it. I, I was like, you know, they offered me that rate and I said, I won't do it for that rate. Um, and then. And why they, did they want you <laughs> at $50 an hour compared to presumably someone else that could have got it $30 an hour? Great question. So when I began working there, I was um, called in as a sub and I really only wanted to be a sub and they had offered me $50 to sub the class. So I'm assuming. Because it was a last minute emergency and they were freaking you out. Would, yeah, you would think, right? So that was kind of, I think that's why it was that rate, but it started become, to become a regular class. And clients start asking me, please, please take this class. We need you here. I mean, the clients were uh, writing, they were writing the, on my behalf. Oh my God. The clients must have been saying the same thing to the studio owner. Hey, they were. They were class. sending a lot of emails. So, you know, who, huge shout out to my group class people because they really were um, sending a lot of emails and being squeaky wheels for me. And I just was very flat out. I will not do it. Um, I, I want the same rate that I made as a sub. I just felt made sense to me. I didn't see, you know, why I should take a massive pay cut because they were offering me $26 with like um, $1.50 per person over four in a 12 person studio, which to me was, you know, just crazy. Like, but also I came from a boutique kind of background in private. So, you know, my, view on it, it was a little different than this kind of corporate, uh, larger scale studio that I'm sort of new to, if that makes right. sense. And so that would have been uh, just at your dollar fifty per person over four plus 26 base rate. You would have been in a full class, you would have made $38. So <laughs> yes. Isn't you, that, you know, <laughs> that's not right. On average, <laughs> you're going to be 80% full. So you would have made like $32, something like that per class. And that's just, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and so, uh, and what about the on-demand? Mm, the, the pricing? Yeah, pricing and, yeah. How, and how much does that bring in for you? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment I have 48 members, almost 50, which was my goal for um, my 30. So I'm almost there. <laughs> Just need two more um, to hit my, my newest goal. And each member pays $30. So without expenses, per month, month, week, day, yeah. per month, mm-hmm. and yeah, without expenses or anything, that's fourteen forty a month, which covers my rent. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, which and and how many and how many hours per week do you spend working on that online uh, platform? So I, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about necessarily growing it. Yeah. But just on, you know, servicing those 48 members. So, you know, recording content, you know, answering emails, you know, helping people with their tech issues, whatever it is that you do, just to maintain those 48 yeah. clients. How, how long do you spend each week, do you reckon? So 
I feel like my, um, <laughs> I have so, sort of this hyper fixation um, tendency. So I will spend a lot of hours on it and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like fun for me. It feels explorative. It feels, um, you know, challenging, but in a good way. So I guess I spend a lot of time. I, I'm not even sure really how much, but you don't have to do that much. You know, if you're someone who wants to have like a, a little on-demand studio, you can definitely do like, let's say I film, I right now I try to teach one hour um, I try to drop one new class per week. And so let's say I, I just try to build a, f- a few backups. Say I spend about two hours filming classes a week. And then I spend another hour editing, making sure the sound is good. Uploading, you know, takes about maybe 30 minutes. And of course, that's very hands off. And then, um, yeah, and then the other, and then I, I work on my monthly news, you know, my weekly newsletter. It's pretty fast. Everything has gotten a lot quicker. It used to take a lot longer, you know, mm-hmm. just doing all just, the small things. Just because you've got better at it and you've got exactly. better systems and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. what's that like? That like three, four hours a week? I mean, I lost track. Is, is that? Yeah, that. You know, I could probably get by with that, but I, I definitely spend more time than that mm-hmm. personally. So, all right. So if you were just, um, you know, just satisfied with maintaining these 48 members and doing mm-hmm. nothing to grow the platform or improve it, but just basically, you know, recording yeah. a new couple Bye. of new workouts a week and whatever, uh, you would be working about four hours and for about $332 a week, which is fourteen forty a month, which I want to ask you about in a sec, but that ends up being at $83 an hour. <laughs> yeah. That's so, awesome. <laughs> so that's pretty good with, and with only 48 members too. I mean, and you know, yeah. In principle, exactly. you could have like 480 members and that work wouldn't be more. Right. Exactly. Um, so I want to ask you a question now about your pay, your charge because you said uh, $30 a month. And what I want to know is, is that per calendar month or per 28 days? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I believe it is per calendar month. It is run by the software. Um, so I would have to double check on that, but I believe calendar month because I, it looks like people get charged on the same day, right? So if you sign up on January 1st, then you pay on the first of each month. Can I give you a hot tip? Please. Um, so uh, charge people every 28 days instead. Okay. <laughs> Writing this down. Thank you. <laughs> the reason for that is... Uh, if you say to me, hey, you know, it's it's X dollars a month, right? $30 a month, right? Yeah. And we charge that every 28 days. That's perfectly reasonable. Like in my mind, 28 days is a month. Right. Right. And if you say we charge it on the first of every month, that's also perfectly reasonable. You know, first of every month is a month. So in my mind as a consumer, really there's no difference between every 28 days and every month. It's the same thing. But there are 12 calendar months in a year. There are 13 lots of 28 days in a year. So if you charge me every 28 mm. days, you charge me 13 times instead of 12 in the year, which means you charge me an extra 7.7% over the year, which, um, so if you're charging me 1440 per, sorry, if you're, uh, if you're making 1440 a month, like $1,440 per calendar month, okay, right. that's 17,700 a year. Right. Whereas if you're making 1440 per 28 days, 
that's eighteen thousand seven hundred and twenty years. So you make an extra thousand dollars per year oh, wow. for nothing. <laughs> I for love nothing. It. <laughs> that is a hot tip. Thank you. I'm gonna take action on this. <laughs> and that is that will be the easiest thousand dollars you'll ever make. By, <laughs> By simply changing the billing cycle to every 28 days and just going, hey, everyone, just letting you know on such and such a date, we're going to change the billing cycle to every 28 days. And then for all new members, you just say, hey, you know, it's $30 a month, pay every 28 days. Bam. Oh, Raph, you are an absolute gift. Thank you. <laughs> and in fact, I would even say to people, it's $7.50 a week. We charge mm. you every every 28 days. Because $7.50 a week sounds like a lot less than $30 a month in my view. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Um. All right. So, uh, so what are your, um, and so what's your ambition, you know, what's your goal, your current yeah. goal? Okay. You said 50, but it's like, okay, you must have the next goal in mind because you're basically at 50 now. Yes. So yes. Yeah, how big do you want to take this thing? I want 500 next. <laughs> so, you, so your next goal is 500. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So that becomes, all right. So that becomes a serious business, 500. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. All right, so then you know, so then you're over, you know, you're well over ten thousand a month, up to near fifteen thousand a month, um, and yeah. so you're making yourself, you know, six a six figure income, and the vast majority of that, I'm going to guess, is profit. You right. know, like basically, you get to keep yes. all of that minus tax. Right. All right, so that's awesome. And so, how do you get these clients? Is it just through your Instagram? Mm-hmm. So. I have done sort of, I'm obsessed with data. I love to write everything out and see it. And I've done, you know, charts where I've figured out where everyone comes from. And, you know, when you build an on-demand, you imagine like, wow, people can do this all across the world. But the majority of your clients are going to be people who have met you in real life, at least at the beginning. So to start, it was connections that I made in real life, friends, clients, then it's then it just spreads by word of mouth. That has been amazing where there'll be kind of these little clusters. Like right now in Northern California, I had one friend up there who told her friends about it. And now there's like this amazing little NorCal contingency of RPS. Um, and then you do end up getting a couple people across the, across the globe. I have a couple people in London, someone in Italy, someone in Bali and things like that. Um, but I would say besides word of mouth and meeting me in person, it has been Instagram. And, and what do you do on, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty normal for most businesses as it starts yeah. in your immediate social circle right. and then, you know, spreads out from there. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do on Instagram? Like how many, you know, do you have like 10,000 followers on your page? Like how do you oh, get people, how do people find you on Instagram? Or f- yeah, how do you get in front of the right people on Instagram? And mm-hmm. then what do you do? What do you say to those people that, you know, entices them to inquire or, you know, how, how does that pathway work? Yeah. So I do not have 10,000. I am, you know, barely over 1,000. I think I have like 1,200 or so. And I have experimented with Instagram ads, you know, maybe a year ago and it got me some followers. I mean, it's possible I got a couple of members from it, but lately I haven't paid for any ads on Instagram, but I'm very active on my stories, or at least, you know, I try to be in. And that means some days I take, sometimes I'm not on Instagram. I don't post all day, you know, so you don't have to be um, always on, but I try to maintain a somewhat regular routine where on Mondays I will share a time-lapse of the new class. 
I will share a leaderboard of all the people who took class that in the past week with their names, and then I tag them. And um, then I add the weekly and that schedule. Is, that is shareable content. That is highly shareable. Right. Like if, I, if if you tag me and say, hey, Raf was, you know, attended yeah. four classes last week or whatever, I'm going to be proud as punch and there's a good chance I'm going to share that. Exactly, exactly. And and that's something I definitely recommend getting on a platform that will give you data and tell you which members have taken what classes. It's a great way to motivate people um, and build them up and to also just get analytics on what videos are doing the best, right? What people want from you. Um and then the last portion, yeah, is the, the weekly schedule I share. I'll give them like an, a, a guide of on-demand classes to take that week. And um, that's pretty much it. The rest is like, you know, casual. Like here's I a big piece of this too, I believe, is that I follow my weekly schedule. So I will take the class. I will check in. Um, I will, you know, post a photo of me about to take it or maybe just having finished it and how I feel after. Um, and that has been, you know, wonderful for me. I really enjoy um, keeping up my routine like that. And then how to say, right, so if I, you know, you share, if someone shares your content or, you know, someone sees your content, you know, what's the call to action? How do they, mm-hmm. how do they go from seeing your Instagram going, oh, yeah, that looks cool to, you know, buying a membership? Yeah, I think it's the most direct path is through my link tree. You know, they could click my little link tree link at the top. It will say, you know, start now. And that will send you to um, essentially a checkout page with a 14 day free trial. And I really do love the 14 days as opposed to seven. Uh, Just personally, I thought has been much better for my people because I think they really need two weeks to get, you want them to have some kind of result before their trial ends. And one week I just feel isn't enough. Two weeks gives them that time. If they need to take, you know, a few days before they can hop on. So I really recommend that 14 day. Yeah, the best way to um, show people you can help them is to help them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, if you can get them a result in 14 days and go, hey, I am actually feeling better. Oh, my back does hurt less. Oh, I'm, yes. you know, whatever. Yes, like, exactly. Imagine what six months would feel like. Exactly. Feel like that after two weeks. Um, yeah. All right. And so do you, I mean, do you work in the DMs at all? Do you have people commenting on your posts? Do you sort of start to, you know, communicate with those people directly? Does, it, does that happen for you? Yes, I will say my DMs are, you know, kind of crazy (laughs) that I do a lot of keeping in touch with my members because there's 48, I can really kind of speak to at least people once a month, um, and check in. And that I do think is important. I like, I like to ask for feedback and see how things are going. Um, it also gives you some content, you know, to repurpose and, um, what do you mean I, oh, content to repurpose? Okay, so if somebody, I check in on them, hey, how's the class going? How's the challenge going? They'll be like, oh my goodness, I feel amazing. My push-ups, I can't believe I'm doing push-ups now. Hey, is it okay if I share this? Boom. Yep. yep. And I also um, recently started a WhatsApp group, which has been really good because, um, you know, even though 48 is a, sounds like a small number, it does become a lot if I'm messaging every single person every day. And yeah. I really want them to interact with each other. So started a WhatsApp group and that's been awesome. 
Okay, great. I was going to ask you about that. Do you have a community and how do you facilitate that? WhatsApp group? Awesome. And yeah. that's great because it's basically international friendly. It's online. It's free. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah. I just started it and I love it. Um, all right. So uh, tell me um, what are the drawbacks of running a business or starting a business like this? Like what gives you anxiety? What stresses mm. you out? What frustrates you? <laughs> oh, what? my goodness. Yeah. I would say my biggest fear, and this is so silly, is that – I like forget to cut something out of a video. So sometimes I will like either get lost or there will be a loud noise and I'm like, I pause and I'm like, okay, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> and I feel like right, sometimes yeah. one day I'm going to forget and it will just be embarrassing, you know? Um, you, you have to scratch your butt at some point. Or, yeah, you know. and one time, exactly. And one time I, I almost released a video where I like had, I did something. I realized that I forgot to do something on the left or something like that. And I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I actually said it out loud. And in my head, right. I, I thought I just said it in my head, but I did catch that one. But anyway, if any of my people get one of those gems, I, I think it's, it could be that, kind those of are worth, Those are worth extra money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, other drawbacks, let's see. You are extremely reliant on the software of others, right? Unless you are going to build out your own software or something, um, you really, I mean, that's another thing that I would, that I would be scared of is the company shutting down. And I, I don't see that happening, but it has happened. Moxie closed down. Um, another on-demand like hosting site closed down and yeah, that's a risk for sure. Yeah. All right. So that's, let's talk about that for a second. So we, mm -hmm. I mean, we use a lot of software in our business, um, Breathe Education. Uh, mm -hmm. We use Vimeo also. We use a, a couple of different learning management systems. We use Slack. We use Zoom. We use a whole bunch of stuff. And mm -hmm. one of the big factors for us in choosing a software is we want something with like, you know, millions, preferably billions of users yes. because we don't want to be like, oh yeah, we opened up and now we're closing down. Okay. Sorry about all your data. <laughs> you, can, um, you do not want to risk that. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, so tell me about uh, which platform you use to host your membership site. Is that is, is it a mobile app or online or yeah? yeah. Tell me, tell me what it is. Um, so I will say when I when I switched over to this company, um, it was a hassle. It was kind of a big to do because, like you said, you have to tell all your members that you're moving over. But luckily, at the time, I think I only had 17 members, and I joined them on June on in June of 2021. So it's been one year. Um, and it's been great. Obviously, I've, I've gotten a ton more members and it's been amazing. The company is called Arketa, A-R-K-E-T-A. And they are a small business going through a period of hyper growth. So when I joined them a year ago, they were smaller. And now they are massive and they work for big brands like Free People um, and things like that. So I really, really love I really love what they're doing and the the people who run it are in fit in the fitness world. They're really cool. I have um a personal relationship with the with people there. You know, I can talk to per, to a person that I know when I when I ever have a question or a problem. So, mm -hmm. I really love And that. that is that a platform that's specific to on demand fit like basically fitness or creative? Nope. You can use this. Yeah, you could actually use this almost as a replacement for Think about something like MindBody, where mm -hmm. if you use MindBody to run your 
um, your actual in-studio classes, you can use their software for that. I exclusively use it for on-demand and then I use it as my booking system for virtual privates, for my Zoom mm-hmm. privates. Okay, so it's kind of like Mind Body, you yeah. know, or there's other ones like Glowfox and and you know different different ones. Right. They basically you can use it for booking. You can use it for mm-hmm. um, uh, presumably uh, if you were doing uh, like online one on ones, you can attach a Zoom link or whatever to that person's um, yes. session. And they send a reminder for you. It's you can automate the crap out of it, which I love. So right. I have probably. 15 to 20 videos that are going to trickle out, right? I don't even, it's hands off. It, uh-huh. it, it's very automated, which I also really, really love. So um, you can batch, you know, batch upload them yeah. and set when they're going to go live. Yeah, exactly. Through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and they built an app for me as well. This was early when they were building apps. I think I was like one of the first apps that they made, like at least within the first like 10 or so. And now they're making tons of apps (laughs) and it's really cool. It's a white label. So Mm -hmm. everything that you upload on your website, which my website is also hosted by them, will get automatically added to your app. You know, it just kind of automatically happens. People can leave comments. People can save videos and do them without internet. And I can tell you the app has made a big difference when it comes to people signing up. Some people waited until I got an app and, and literally told me I was just waiting until you got an app, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you say it's white label, that means they don't brand it. You can use your own branding, your own colors, et cetera. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's pretty simple. It's, you know, you can't customize like every little detail, but you can get your logo on there. You can get your colors, your fonts. Mm-hmm. And uh, presumably the clients can pay through this platform as well. So actually the way this app is set up is so that you can kind of avoid the whole Apple Apple fee because you can mm-hmm. sign up for a subscription usually through Apple, right? You use your Apple ID. Yeah. Instead, yeah. if they download the app, they will click, you know, an option to sign up and it will send them to a website. Mm-hmm. That's where right. they'll pay. Yeah. Right. But basically the Arqueta system handles, can handle the payments. Oh, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's great. And yeah, that Apple payment thing is a freaking... Totally. So I'm glad they found a way around it. It's insane. Yeah. And and Arqueta is a 3% booking fee. And then I use, you know, my whole payment system is with Stripe and they do the typical 2.9 plus 50 cents or whatever. Right. And we use Stripe as well. And of all the, you know, dozens of softwares we use, Stripe is one of the very few that has never, ever once given us a lick of trouble like we've been using for three years I love it. I love Stripe. It's great data too. Yeah. Really love the data on there, all the charts. <laughs> right. And you can use it directly, like you can actually bill people directly through Stripe, or you can integrate I love it with it. we integrate it with Keep. You can integrate it with, you know, lots of different um front end kind of shopping. Yes. Type yes, it's yeah. great. It's way and it, it feels a lot more professional than asking for someone to pay through Venmo. <laughs> right. You know, you could send them an invoice that has your your logo on it. And I, I really that made me feel way more professional with my app. And I have to say a big part of, you know, feeling, believing in yourself enough to do this is having a product that you really love and that you're proud of, that you want to, um, you know, push and, and spend the money on. So that's made Mm. a huge difference for me. That's great. All right. And so how much do you pay for the Arcata platform roughly per month? Is it per month? Great question. So it's per month and for, just the website hosting and the software, I was paying $50 a month. 
crazy, way cheaper than what I was paying previously. And then when I added the app and I paid upfront for one year, that added $150. So my total cost with them is $200 a month. I will say that since I signed up early, I do think their prices have gone up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and does that uh, is that dependent on how many users you have? So when you have five hundred users, that's, is that still going to be two hundred dollars a month? I believe so. I think you know once the contract, you know, my app contract is one year. So then at the end of that, we kind of see what's up. I'm not yeah. totally sure. I believe I think the booking fee is just what you pay. So you know, yeah. they if you get more money, they get more money. Yeah, everybody's happy. <laughs> Great. Um, and, uh, all right. So that's, and, and, and how, like, you know, you said that you weren't that techie to begin with. Like, yeah. so how, how long did you spend kind of wrestling with it and banging the mouse, oh, on gosh. The desk, you know, to figure out how to make it work? <laughs> I have become an expert at Arqueta. I go on their forum and I try to help people, um, when they have questions because <sighs> I'm like, have, oh, excuse my pups. Um, I have just gotten very, very good at it. So it took me probably, you know, I've been with them for a year. I think it took me six months to like feel really, really confident with that, with that particular software. And then, you know, MailChimp, Canva Pro I use, those are still a work in progress, <laughs> but right. I definitely feel better than I did. Okay. And so MailChimp's autoresponder email, so you can sort of automate your email uh, broadcast. Yes, that's my newsletter. Mm -hmm. And Canvas where you can, you can, there's an online platform to design, uh, you can do flyers, you know, whatever. Yes. And I love Canva. I love Canva. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's sort of like a much more user-friendly version of Photoshop. I think it is. Exactly. And they make it really simple. Yes. But it's still complicated, but. Um, All right. And so. I guess, I mean, that's, you know, I, I feel like we've really covered almost all of it, but I just want to touch a little bit just on the technical side of your yes. filming oh, classes, yes. right? So you're, you're doing this in your spare bedroom. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's like, well, you know, do you have a $50,000, you know, video <laughs> set up, et cetera? Or, you know, if, yeah. if I'm sitting if I'm sitting at home going, oh, gee, I wish I could start my own thing, Ruth, but I just don't have enough cameras and lights and microphones to do it and I don't know how to run video yep. equipment, whatever. It's like, yep. you know, should that stop me? Absolutely not. So this is probably the the question I get the most often, and I'm just going to break it all down. I film on an iPad Pro. The reason I updated to my to an iPad Pro is it has a wider lens. My space is not big. It ends up looking big on my videos, but it is not big. And I suggest if you have a smaller space too, and you want to be able to stand up without, you know, being headless, <laughs> get something with a wider angle front facing camera. That's what I use my iPad Pro. And for sound, I'm using a wireless Go Rode microphone. It's awesome. I do usually use the lav mic attachment, which costs a little bit extra, but I find that it's a little bit less noisy for like breathing and things like that. Uh I connect that Rode mic to my iPad Pro using SC7 cable. You need this cable if you want to connect the mic to your iPhone or your iPad Pro or even your MacBook. And that's like a, it's got a, like a, a black a and three gray. pin plug at one end and an, or a lightning thing at the other end, right? Oh, pretty much almost exactly. Yeah. There's a, you know, a gray end that you plug into an aux, um, which I also have an adapter for <laughs> an aux to USB-C and then the black end that goes into your right. little receiver. And, yeah. 
And, you know, roughly ballpark iPad Pro, you know, US dollar, mm-hmm. like $600, $700, something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just depends how much storage you get. Um, and you'll you'll want to get an uh, external hard drive as well, for sure. Always right. back up everything. Mm-hmm. And that can you cost could, I mean, you too. could do it. If you've got a, 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 you know, iPhone 6, you could still do it. You know, that, yes. that wouldn't stop you from doing it. Yes. And um, there's there's hard drives that can connect to your iPhone too. There's external hard drives. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, that uh, Rode Wireless Go is, you know, it's it's $100 or less. Like they're not very that's expensive awesome. microphones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And you can get it on Amazon or wherever. Um, yeah, and yeah. That, that cable would be like, you know, under $10, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And I will say Rode has a really great one-year warranty. I've needed to replace my mic and my lav uh, within one year. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but, you know, working out, getting sweaty, it can definitely <laughs> do yeah. a little bit to the mics. So they were really cool about that. I like and the them. lav is the Lavelia mic, which is just a yeah. little teeny, teeny little mic that clips onto your lapel, basically. Yeah, yeah. it looks a little more neat, I think, than the square Yep. You know, <laughs> yeah. And probably, I don't know for sure, but probably gives you a slightly better sound. But the main I thing is so. it's just actually visually less yeah. kind of, you know, uh, invasive. Exactly. All right. So total cost, you know, well under a US $1,000. And if you were doing it on your, you know, whatever phone you currently have, you, you know, mm-hmm. like I think the iPads are, are nice to have, not a necessity. Yeah. So if you're doing it on whatever phone, you know, um, you currently have, buy yourself a Rode Wireless Go mic and an adapter cable and a Lavalier. It's like you'll be looking at like $150 max. Yes, and I also don't use lights. I I actually – I had purchased some softbox lights and I just – found out they were not necessary. So if you get enough natural light, don't don't make that mistake like I did. And just if you have natural light, that's the best. Yeah. Uh, all right. And so uh, I'm 100% with you on the backup. In fact, I've got backups of my backups of my backups. I'm <laughs> yes, currently okay. recording this podcast on four different um, separate pieces of hardware. Oh, uh, Raph, you're right after my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, actually, I learned this from Tim Ferriss. When I first started doing this podcast, I got really interested in like, well, how do you do a podcast? And so I watched Tim Ferriss because I admire oh, him. I've read a few of his books and yeah. I like his podcast. And he's just got this 15-minute YouTube video. It's like, here's a specific list of all the equipment I use to record my podcast. And he was like, the, the biggest thing that I remember was like, he said, two is one and one is none. Like you have to have a backup. Yes, yes. Um, so I figured, okay, it's two is one, three is two, and four is three. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, and all right. And so, uh, so there's really nothing stopping people and presumably you've got some kind of stand that you put the iPad on and, you know, yeah, there's one or two power, power extension cord or whatever. So, but really we're talking about, you know, a couple of hundred bucks. Maximum. Right. And things you probably already have if you're doing live classes, Right. 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 And, you know, worst comes to the worst. You could prop your iPad up on six books and a beanbag or something, you know. like Uh-huh. Exactly. And like I said, people really don't mind if it's not perfect. A lot of it had to do with me and what made me feel good and what I would want to promote. So people really don't mind. I mean, I've had a lot of feedback too that's like, I love to see you struggle. You know, I love to see you. Like people just want real. They just want real. I do want real. And if you're listening to this, you know that's true because this is what we're all about here on the podcast is real, right? We don't edit out any of the ums or ahs or exactly. <laughs> conversations. Like the podcast just goes, literally goes out exactly as it's recorded every time. We never cut stuff out. Um, and people, I mean, if you're listening to this, well, obviously that appears to you. 
And so why would it not appeal to your clients? Why would you? Why do you think your clients want something sanitized and, uh, you know, perfect? They don't. Oh, They're not real. Such a great thing to think about. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to share? Anything else people ask you commonly or, you know, if, if you're writing a how-to guide, you know, um, or, is there anything else you'd add? Yeah, I, I actually feel like we covered everything. Those are definitely covered the questions that I get from awesome teachers. And I just want to say thank you to any of those teachers who are listening to this because they asked me for advice. I think um, that has been just so cool to experience teachers reaching out and saying they like what I'm doing. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you listen to this, uh, I hope this you find this inspiring, helpful, uh, it, if you, particularly if you live in an area where, you know, you maybe you're in a regional or rural area where there's not a lot of clients where you can, you, you don't have to be limited by like who lives within yes. 10 minute drive of you. You can just, you can teach people in the other side of the world if you want. It's so and cool. Also, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you live in somewhere where it's like, I got a DM this morning from somebody who uh, said to me, oh, look, you know, I've been listening to Pilates Elephants a lot and now I'm evidence-based. But now I've got this big fucking problem. I can't work for anyone because they're all <laughs> saying, oh, you have to cue core strength if you're in my class or if you're teaching my mm. studio. Or, you know, you have to do posture analysis if you work in my studio. Mm. And this person didn't want to do that. And, you know, props to them. Props um, to but them. It's like, yeah, but you, you can actually start your own thing. You can start your own thing and let the let the work speak for itself. What I've learned from this podcast has made a huge difference in not only my practice, but the practice of my clients. And man, it's it, your myth busting and all the work you do, Raf, is just incredible. And I'm glad that it's getting seen more and more. Well, thanks so much, Ruth. And, um, you know, thanks for sharing everything that you've uh, learned and experienced and including the, you know, some of the not so awesome bits. Yeah. Um, because right. I think that's that's the reality and people need to understand that. And I think people want to understand, you know, what they're getting themselves in for. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, speaking as someone who has my own business, like oh, there's no fucking way I would ever go back to working somebody oh my else God. it's just so much better <laughs> don't you think oh rap it's the most fulfilling thing isn't it i just uh it's in a wonderful journey so yeah you're my hero keep it up oh, <laughs> thanks thanks so much Ruth. thank you awesome. i appreciate it raf thank you so much After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means You keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So 
rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.